Hey, welcome back to Church Online. We're so glad that you chose to be with us this weekend for our online service. We're in the middle of a series right now that we've titled, I Have Decided. Now, before I jump into the series, let me remind you that coming up at the end of this month, at the end of September on I believe September 30th, Wednesday night, we are kicking off a brand new Wednesday night teaching series, a Bible study. Every Wednesday night, there's going to be a studio audience that you can sign up to be a part of, as well as watching live online every Wednesday night. Uh, We're going to be teaching through the book of James. James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's wisdom literature. It's what your life looks like. Practically speaking, when the gospel grabs a hold of your heart. So there's going to be a Q&A session at the end every Wednesday night uh, this fall, our brand new teaching service that we're going to be doing. Uh, and then let me also say next weekend, September 20th, Sunday night, we are going to do a water baptism down at the beach. All the information is going to be on our website. If you'd like to sign up to let us know you're going to be there, uh, please sign up so that we can prepare for you. Uh, everyone is welcome to come. You can come early and hang out. There's going to be a lot of families down there hanging out, playing at the beach, just enjoying the weather, the sand, the sunshine. And then about six o'clock that night, we're going to head out into the water and do a beach baptism. It's going to be a great time. So join us, even if you're not being baptized, why don't you come and welcome some people joining the church family. And that's one of the decisions we're going to look at in this series of I Have Decided. Now, last week we began the series with what is, I believe, the most important decision of our life, the decision to get closer to Jesus, the decision to get more of Jesus in our life, the decision to make it the best year of our life spiritually. Because if it's the best year of our life spiritually, it will absolutely be the best year of our life. Today, we're going to look at another decision that is critical in life's journey. It's a major decision. And it's the decision to figure out what on earth am I here for? You see, one of the greatest decisions of your life is to answer the question, why are you here? What is your life purpose? Why do you exist? Why do you breathe air? Why did God allow you to be born? Why are you alive during 2020, living where you live in this time, in this place, in this generation? Because you are here on purpose. Your life is not an accident. God has a plan for you. And one of the greatest decisions that you can make in your life is to figure out what God's plan for your life is. Because if you don't know where you're going, life gets very complicated very quickly. I read a story about a greyhound track in Florida. If you've ever been to a greyhound race, those dogs are built. I mean, they are fast. They are lean. It is an amazing sight to watch those greyhounds race at the track. And the way they do it is they've trained them to chase after a robot rabbit. There's a little robot rabbit on a track. It's kind of like a little roller coaster type track where they they hit go and the robot rabbit just flies down the side of the track. And those dogs run after that rabbit, trying to catch that rabbit. Well, I read a story about one of the races, the robot rabbit exploded. I mean, there's fur flying everywhere. In the middle of a race, the, the greyhounds are they're, they're charging full speed, and all of a sudden, the robot rabbit explodes. Well, the greyhounds didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, their vision was gone. Their purpose was gone. What they were running after all of a sudden exploded. 
they say that some of the greyhounds just stopped and didn't know what to do. Some of them sat down. Some of them just began to bark aimlessly. You know, that's a good picture of life. Without vision, if you don't know why you're running, if you don't know what you're running after in life, you end up barking at people, you end up walking around, you end up just laying down and doing nothing. You see, one of the most important commodities that you can possess in life is a vision, a dream, to know why you exist, to know your life's purpose and be living for it. I really believe my greatest asset in life, one of the things that has helped me more than anything, is I know why I exist. I know why I get up every morning with passion, with enthusiasm. I know why I go to bed every night satisfied, and I want the same for every single one of you that are part of our church family. I want you to be able to wake up with excitement knowing why you exist. I want you to be able to go to bed satisfying, knowing that you're living your life on purpose. And I really believe as a church, that's the best gift that we can give people. So here's the decision. I've decided that I'm going to live my life on purpose. Here's the scripture, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision. Some translations write revelation vision, understanding of what your life is all about. It says people cast off restraint. One translation says people perish. If you don't have vision, if you don't know why you're here, if you don't know what you're living for, there's no reason to restrain yourself to accomplish life's purpose for you. You see, when you don't have a vision, what it breeds is this doesn't matter attitude. It, it really doesn't matter. doesn't matter if I pay my bills or not. doesn't matter if I go to church or not. doesn't matter if I pray or not. doesn't matter if I'm faithful to my wife or not. I don't have a vision. I don't have a purpose. There's nothing I'm living for. I just feel aimless and without a vision. Again, the Bible says people cast off restraint. We need a vision. We need a revelation. We need, we need something to be revealed to us about why our life exists, what we're here for. And this is why I believe this is one of the most important decisions. As we're looking at important decisions this month, I believe it's very important that you decide to find your vision. You decide to find God's purpose for your life so that you know why you wake up every day. You know why you pay the bills. You know why you stay faithful to your wife and to your family. Because there's a purpose that's bigger than just you. So let me give you a couple thoughts on vision before I give you, give you kind of an assessment, some points, some questions to ask yourself today to really help you discover what your life's purpose is. Here's the first thought for you. A vision for life brings focus. A vision for life brings focus, clarity. We need focus. We need clarity in our life. Some of us are not living focused lives, so we say yes to everything and we say no to very few things. And what, what this has produced in our world today is language. It's culture. And this is the language I hear coming from so many people that I meet in life today, especially before COVID began. And we would think that in the middle of COVID, it would be a little differently. Yet I'm not seeing any difference because we have zoomed ourselves out. But here's the language. You ask somebody, how are you doing? Busy, busy, I'm busy. 
I'm just, I'm very busy right now. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm tired and I'm busy. Why? Because we're not living life focused. We don't have vision. So we don't know what to say yes to. And we don't know what to say no to. And so we're doing everything, even things that don't contribute to our life purpose. And can I tell you, all of hell has a vision for your life. The devil has a vision for your life. Let me put it like this. McDonald's has a vision for your body physically. Hollywood has a vision for your family. Hollywood has a vision for your marriage, for your values, your morals. The credit card companies out there have a vision for your finances. If you don't know why you exist, you're going to buy into somebody else's vision for your life. If you don't have focus, if you don't have clarity, you're not going to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. There are a lot of good things out there, but focus will help you say yes to the best things the right things. Not get distracted with good things, but really do the best things. Here's the next one. Vision will for, a vision for life will bring endurance. It'll bring endurance. Some of you are tired and you want to give up. One of the things that helps me more than anything when I get exhausted, when I go through battles, when I'm tired, when I'm weary, when I want to give up, is there's a vision for my life. And the vision gives me endurance to pull through the hard times of my life. There are plenty of times as a pastor where I want to give up. There are plenty of times where you're going through challenges as a leader, as a person, as a husband, as a father, as a man, where I'm ready to give up, but I have a vision for my life. And that vision helps me count the cost. It helps me look at what would the consequences be of giving up? Well, those consequences don't line up with the vision for my life. So all of a sudden, I find the endurance I need to keep running, to keep fighting. Think about any woman that has ever been pregnant. How many know the vision of holding that child one day keeps them going? Because I've, I, my wife has been pregnant twice. And can I tell you, if you've never lived with a pregnant woman, it's not it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge carrying a baby in your body. You're uncomfortable. You're hot. You got mood swings. You've got crazy cravings. There are there is a lot physically when you have a baby living inside of you that would make you want to give up. But it's the vision of this baby being born one day, the vision of me holding that child one day that gives you the endurance to go through the pain, to go through the discomfort, to go through the heartache, to push through the delivery process to see that child. A vision brings endurance. And then the last thing I want to say is a vision for life will bring fulfillment fulfillment. Some of you have been looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. And the reason is because you don't know what you're running after. You're running after things that aren't helping you. They're not fulfilling you. They're not, they're, they're not feeding you. And so you end up empty over and over and over. It's one of the reasons why I love being a pastor. You know, one of the reasons I love being a pastor is because we have the only answer that works. If you don't believe me, go out into the world, try everything the world has to offer, you'll be empty. You'll come back because Jesus is the only thing that fulfills. 
You see, when you get the vision for your life, when you understand where you're going and what your life is all about, it brings fulfillment. And it's found in Christ. And so that's the big question. Where does it come from? Where does vision come from? If I need vision, where does it come from? Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but God is writing the book of your life. He's writing your life story. And I know what some of you are thinking because it's what I thought. Well, if God's writing the story of my life, he's not doing a very good job. No, no, no. All of us have added chapters to our story that God never intended. Like I added entire volumes to my life story that were never part of God's plan. But here's the good news. Wherever you're at right now in your life story, if you'll give control to God, God has the ability to rewrite the end of your story. He's got the ability to rewrite the last chapter of your life. He's got the ability to allow the novel of your life to pivot and turn in a direction that you are going to love if you will give him control. So where do we find vision? Where do we find purpose? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, I love the way the Message Bible puts this. It says, it's in Christ, in Christ, that we find out who we are. You're not going to find out who you are by looking within. You didn't create yourself, and so looking within is not going to help you discover who you are. I know a lot of people say, well, you need to look within. You need to, you need to figure out who you are by looking within. No, no, no. You did not invent yourself or create yourself, so it's not going to be inside of you. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So it's in Christ that I discover who I am and what my life vision is, what my purpose is. Our part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. God is working out our life purpose in everything and everyone, and it's discovered in Christ. You see, there are many people who are trying really, really hard to find their life purpose, but they're missing the target. And, and they wind up empty every time because they're not, they're, they're, not, they're not shooting. It's in Christ, but they're aiming at the wrong target and they're not fulfilled. I think about Matthew Emmons. Uh, in 2004, Matthew Emmons was one of the great United States athletes in the Olympics. He was a, a marksman, a rifle shooter, and he was one of the best in the world. And at the 2004 Olympics in Athens, unfortunately, Matthew is more famous for the gold medals he didn't win than the gold medals he did win. You see, in 2004, he was head and shoulders the best in his division. And coming into the final round of marksmanship, he was in first place. All he had to do was hit the target anywhere. Like the guy never misses. He, he didn't have to get a bullseye. He just had to land the board anywhere. He would have won the gold medal for the United States. Now, these athletes are so incredible. When they, when they shoot, the, the, these marksmen, they can slow their heartbeat down. They can slow their heartbeat down where, where just, boom, they, they can shoot in between heartbeats. And so here he is lined up. All he's got to do is nail the target, and he wins gold medal. Lines up, slows the heart rate down, boom, bullseye, but the wrong target. He wasn't aiming at the right. He hit a bullseye on another competitor's target and went from first place to eighth place and did not win a gold medal. You know, I think so many people in our life are doing that. So many people are aiming at the right, and they're hitting bullseyes, and they're working very, very hard, but they end up empty. 
they end up unfulfilled because they're aiming at the wrong target. You see, one of the purposes of our church, really, really our dream as a church, is to help you discover God's dream for your life and then empower you to live it out. Because I know when you're doing what God created you to do, our whole church will be better as a result. You'll be fulfilled. You'll be aiming at the right target, hitting bullseyes, and coming up with the gold medal over and over and over. So here's the decision. I have decided to find my purpose. I've decided it's time to find my purpose. And again, COVID has been a horrible season for a lot of people. It's caused death. It's caused financial heartache. It's caused a lot of challenges and issues. But it's also been a great time to push pause in your life and to reset some things and realign some things and take stock and inventory and ask yourself, are you living on purpose? Are you aiming at the right target? And so I want to help you do that because here's the thing. When you get purpose in your life, it's not that your problems get smaller. It's that what you're living for gets bigger. And when what you're living for gets bigger, the problems that you face begin to shrink in comparison to your life purpose. And you begin to find the strength and energy and ability to overcome some of the problems that have held you back for so long. It's all about purpose. It's all about vision. Now, to help you get on the right path, I want to go to one of the most important books of the Bible. It's actually a letter. It's the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the city of Ephesus. It's in modern day Turkey. Now, if you talk to a lot of biblical scholars today, they'll tell you that the letter to the Ephesian church is, if, if you can't read anything else in the Bible, if you can only read one letter, one book, one manuscript out of the entire Bible, the letter Ephesians is what many biblical scholars will tell you to read because it covers everything you really need to know about the Christian life. It starts out with how we're adopted in Christ, how Christ sees us, the salvation, faith process of our life, and then it ends very, very practically and goes, takes you all the way through spiritual warfare. How do, we, how do we handle marriage and family and work? And then how do we fight the devil? How do we, how do we you know, spiritually war against principalities of this unseen world? Very good letter that, that covers a lot of ground. So let's, let's look at chapter 5 for a moment. It says, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So, so you once were living in darkness where you couldn't see why you, why you, what your purpose was, what God created you for. But now you've come to God, you have light. He says, live as children of the light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And then it says, and find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what God's plan and purpose for your life is because God has a plan that is pleasing to him. God created you for a reason. And when you do what God created you for, it pleases him. He goes on to say, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. And we all have these. We all have areas of our life that we know if this wasn't in my life, my life would be so much better if I could just stop doing that or if that wasn't a part of my life. It says, rather expose them for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do it's secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, wake up. Those of you that are not living on purpose, 
Wake up, those of you that don't know what the vision for your life is. Wake up if you can't see God's will for your life. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful. And again, why does Paul tell us to be careful? Because oftentimes we're not. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but here's the key, understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what God's plan and purpose is for your life. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is just when you allow your, your, your senses, extreme indulgence to, to rule your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the breath of God that brings life to every area of your life. So what does this mean? Let me give you three questions to help you kind of take inventory, uh, take stock, realign, reset during this COVID season to make one of the greatest decisions of your life. And that's the decision to live your life on purpose. Here's number one. What am I doing that I should not be doing? Ask yourself that. I want to encourage you, download these notes, write them down, jot it somewhere and spend some time and search your heart. What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? What am I doing that is keeping me from doing? What good things am I doing that are keeping me from doing the best things in my life? All of us have those. See, so many of us, we're living lives we were never intended to live. We're doing things that we were never created to do. And many people have just given up and said, well, this is just the best it's going to be. This is just the way it is. I've, I've always done this, and now it's an addiction, or now it's in a habit, and I can't break it. And I've tried to break it, and, and I'm just giving up. Can I tell you, God wants to give you a fresh slate. You don't have to keep doing it. There are things you're doing that you need to stop doing, and God will give you the grace and the power to stop doing those things. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It starts in your mind. Then. So change the way you think. Then. So what, what's going to be the... If you decide to do that, if you decide to stop doing some things that you really need to stop doing, let God transform you, let God change the way you think, What's going to be the result? What's going to be the, the byproduct? It says, then you will learn to know what God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You want to find God's plan for your life? You want to discover God's vision for your life? You want to discover God's purpose for your life? It's right there. You're going to have to stop doing some things that are distracting you. You're going to have to stop doing some things that are holding you back. When you get rid of all that junk, in your life, God's purpose and God's will for you become very, very clear. So why don't you decide, at least for the rest of this year, I know 2020 has been rough, and I know a lot of bad habits have been created through this COVID-19 season. You look at the statistics of alcoholism. You look at the statistics of pornography. You look at the statistics of all sorts of, of sin that is out there. What if you decide this is the year I'm not going to let the internet lead me into doing things I shouldn't be doing anymore? What if you decided I'm going to let go of that relationship that's holding me back and, and, and it's not godly and we're not married yet and, and we're violating our morals? 
What if you decide that I'm not going to let my senses and my indulgences call the shots anymore? Here's what Proverbs says. Chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Like Get that vision. Get a focus for why God created you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You see, you're going to find your purpose hiding behind all that junk. The, the reason some of you don't know why you exist and you're not fulfilled and you don't wake up energized and you don't go to bed satisfied is because there's so much junk blinding you from what your life purpose is. You're going to have to get rid of some stuff. Here's number two. What am I not doing? So the first question is, what am I doing that I should stop? Second question, what am I not doing that I should be doing? What are things that I'm not doing right now that I really should be doing in my life? The Bible says God gives you opportunities. God puts opportunities in front of you to grab hold of opportunities that are good. Opportunities that will help you. Opportunities that will change your life. That's why God created the local church. That's why all of us are part of a local church Family, But the question is, are you engaged with your church family? Are you committed to your church family? Because here's the thing. God never created any of us to attend a church. God created us to be the church. To be the church, we have to be involved. We have to be committed. We have to be a part of it. This is an opportunity that we were created for where we find meaning and value in our life. James 4, verse 17, we're, again, about to do this study of the book of James. One of the things I like about James is it's very raw. It's very honest. It can be, to be honest, it can be brutal, James. I mean, he just, he, he bluntly says some things that at times are very uncomfortable to hear. In, in chapter 4, verse 17, James says, remember, it is sin. Remember, it is sin. Now, I know we don't like to be called sinners, like you sinner. Don't call me a sinner. Don't judge me. I'm not a sinner. Like, like we just don't like that in our culture today. But James is brutal. He's honest. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. See, I know that I ought to be committed to my church family. I know that I ought to pray. I know that I ought to read my Bible. I know that there's a lot of things I ought to do. Well, well James is pretty hard on this. He says, look, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And again, you don't need me to tell you what you should and should not do. You don't need a holy Aaron. You've got a Holy Spirit. He will guide you. But don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time to begin to live the life you were created to live? There, there are things that you know you need to start doing. We have small groups starting in a couple weeks. One of, one of Satan's great plans for this COVID-19 season is to scatter and break apart the church. Here's the question. Are you going to let him? Satan's plan is to isolate you. Satan's plan is to get you disconnected. He has a plan to get you so zoomed out you don't have time for your small group. You don't, you, either you have the fear of I don't want to gather physically or, or physically you can't gather physically. Or I don't want to do the virtual anymore because I'm zoomed out. That's his plan for your life. He wants to scatter the church. He wants 
to isolate you. So what are you going to do? I want to encourage you. Get connected this small group semester. Let's not let Satan win 2020. Let's not let him scatter the church. We need each other. And, and you may be in a place right now where you think, well, I don't, you know, I'm good spiritually. Like, like me and God are really good right now and things are good in my life right now. I don't need a small group. Yes, but don't you understand somebody needs you? There's somebody that needs you. Like you can give support, love, and care for somebody else who's been isolated during this season. So it's not about whether you need or not need a small group right now. It's about we all have a responsibility to stay connected as a church family. And so I want to encourage you, engage with us this fall. Find a group to be a part of, whether it's virtual, whether it's live, doesn't matter. Engage this fall. Let's not let Satan win this season because focus helps. Staying connected, learning, learning, to let, uh, learning to allow people to depend on you. I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest things in my life is being a pastor. Because if I wasn't a pastor, I would be deep, deep in sin. I'm just going to be very honest with you right now. Like one of the, one of the, there's many reasons, but one of the big reasons why I just don't let it all go and do whatever I want to do with my life is you. Like I think about you. I think about all of the people that depend on me to be their pastor, to be there week in and week out, to serve, to love, to care, to pray, to seek God on their behalf, to bring the word on their behalf. There are a lot of times where I'm tempted to make really bad choices and decisions in my life. And I think about you. And I think about the consequences of what would my life look like if I go down that road? What, I'm telling you right now, one of the best decisions you can make is be connected, be committed, have people who depend on you. Be a small group leader. You want to grow spiritually? Be a small group leader. You think, well, I, I can't be a small group leader. I've got problems. That makes you perfect to be a small group leader because who better to relate to the people in the group than somebody who's been there themselves? Join us this season. Let's stay connected as a church. I love what, what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. When you get this kingdom vision for your life, when you understand God's focus and clarity, he says, give your entire intention to what God is doing right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Right in the middle of COVID-19, 2020, September. Focus on what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. I know there's a lot that may or may not happen tomorrow. I don't know, uh, is, my, is my company gonna survive this? Is my job gonna be here? What's, what's the world gonna look like? What's gonna happen in November? Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I, I, I've talked to so many people in our church family they're so worked up about November. They're so worked up about what's going to happen in this election in November. Can I tell you, it does not matter who wins the election. The only thing that matters is who sits on the throne. And the last time I checked, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. And this election is not going to change that. So don't get so worked up about what may or may not happen. God will give you everything you need to deal with the hard things when the hard things come. So again, what am I doing right now that I shouldn't be doing? Take some inventory. 
What am I not doing that I should be doing? Take some inventory. Lastly, why not do it today? Why not do it today? Why not make a decision to start today? And a lot of people are saying this. Well, as soon as, as, soon as COVID-19 is over, I'll do it. Why wait? Why wait? You don't know how long it's going to last. You, you don't know how long this is going to Why wait? Well, I'll join a small group as soon as everything calms down with this COVID-19 stuff. Why wait? Why not do it now? As soon as COVID-19 ends, guess what's going to happen? Something new is going to come. Something new is going to come. Life is always going to be unpredictable and unchanging. You're never going to find stability in life. It's just not, it's a pipe dream that doesn't exist. So why not do it today? See, one of the problems so many of us have is we over-exaggerate yesterday. We make our past so much bigger than it really was. We overestimate tomorrow, like we're freaked out about what may or may not happen tomorrow, and then we underappreciate today. When all you really have is today, you don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised, but you have right now. You have this moment to make a decision for what you're going to do today. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. I love this. I tell you, Paul says, now, now is the time of God's favor. Right now, September 2020, in the middle of COVID-19, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of his salvation. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, we, we said it last week, this could be the greatest year of your life. You can look back on 2020 and say, this was the greatest year of my life. And we're giving you some decisions to bring it that direction. But why wait? Why wait for tomorrow? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Do it today. I'm telling you right now, listen to me. Look at me in the eyes, wherever you're at, like hold your iPad closer, your iPhone, your tablet, you know, walk up next to the TV. Look at, look at me in the eyes for a moment. God has never loved you more. He's never loved you more, been more willing to give you a fresh start, been more willing to help you, more willing to care for you, more willing to provide for you than he is right now. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a will for your life. He's got a vision for why he created you. And when you connect with that vision, you're going to live the greatest life you could ever hope to live. You're going to wake up daily with energy and excitement to live out God's purpose for your life. You're going to go to bed satisfied that you know you're living the life you were called and created to live. I'm telling you, living with vision and purpose is the greatest, one of the greatest decisions you can make. It's one of the top four that we're going to look at in this series. So take some inventory. Take some time today after this message and just really allow God to search your heart with you and make some decisions about where you need to go and where you're going. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you created us for a reason, that we're not just aimlessly wandering around this planet, but you have us here for a purpose. We're not accidents. And God, when we connect to that purpose, when we connect to your plan and your will and your vision for our life, it's the most amazing, incredible life we could ever hope to possibly live. And so I pray for everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now, that they would connect in. God, that they would analyze their life and they would figure out what are they doing that they need to stop doing? What are they not doing they need to start doing? And, and why not do it today? 
Why not connect into your purpose for their life today? It may be tied into their career. It may be tied into their hobbies. It may be tied into their passions. But it's absolutely tied in to your kingdom. We thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're listening to me today and you're not a Christian, you're not a Christ follower, can I tell you, there is purpose. But as I said, it's found in Christ. It's found in Christ. And so the key to really discovering your life purpose is beginning a relationship with Jesus because only in him can you discover why you're here. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never become a Christian before, you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. The Bible is very clear. It says, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on a cross for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead... That if you would believe that in your heart, confess it with your mouth, you will be saved and you will begin a relationship with him where you will discover your life's purpose. So if you've never done that before, right now, just close your eyes with me and say this prayer. Say, Jesus, today, I give you my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that God rose you from the dead. Forgive me for all of my sins past, present, and future. You are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you gave your life to Jesus today, if you prayed that prayer with me today, would you let us know? You can email me personally, aaron at coastlinechurch.org. I'd love to say a prayer for you. I'd love to help you take a next step in what it means to follow Jesus. It's the greatest adventure of your life. Have a great week, everyone. Join us back next week for the third decision we're going to look at in this I Have Decided series. This week's message is a great one. I know that my own faith journey didn't take the next steps until I was surrounded with like-minded individuals trying to live better every day. So we want to make sure that you have the same opportunity as well here at Coastline. So if you're thinking about taking your next steps in your faith or wondering, feeling lost, then feel free to check out our small groups and join with us this upcoming season. We would love to have you. And thank you so much for joining us for Church Online this weekend. We can't wait to see you again.